I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Derek Lawson and guess who we've got on the phone lines he hasn't been here in a while actually a couple of weeks he gave us that great rocket preview and then uh actually the rockets played VMI and it was like bringing a rubber knife to a gunfight as I don't even know if VMI should even be playing football as they destroyed them 66 to 3 for their home opener they got this week off and then they'll be playing that team the U as they bring in the turnover chain. But we would like to welcome in Toledo football's beat writer for the Toledo Blade, Mr. Brian Bucky. <laughs> welcome to the show, Brian, as I would give you that WXUT after further review applause. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Now we get right into the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, the Rockets, I, I told you off the air that this is the probably the first time that I've seen a Rockets football team where this was like an impressive opening game. And I've been covering pretty much the Rockets since 2011. Well, actually 2010. Uh, um, actually, I was a play-by-play, just a play-by-play guy. But then through there, I've seen Rocket football teams. And uh, I've seen the ups and the downs. I've even seen times they've actually won like this. But there were still question marks. But, to, but this time, there were no question marks at all. In the first three quarters... They scored 21 points each. I mean, that's pretty impressive considering they only gave up three points in the second quarter and three points in the fourth. Uh, what was your advantage high up in the sky in the uh, the third uh, floor suite of the, the press box? Um, it was just, a, it was like you said, a good overall performance. And, uh, you know, VMI is not, not a great team um, at all. And, you know, they're, they're an SDF opponent. They were bad last year. They're 0-11. Um, they didn't look good at all. Um, on Saturday, but like you said, the Toledo had just a good performance. You know, the starters came in and did their thing for about you know half or so. Um, guys were getting rotated in kind of along the way, but then the backups came in and they didn't really drop off the level. So that was nice to see. You know, the defense, um, you know, got you know three turnovers, which is kind of you don't see too often from them, and they had a really good pass rush, rush which is a nice. Uh, Nice time for them because that's kind of one of the question marks. But yeah, like you said, it was it was just a really good good overall performance. A lot of people got to play and get valuable game experience, so I think it was good for them. You said everybody got some good game experience, uh, but it just looks like this year could this be a better team than last year? Even though they got a new starting quarterback at Mitchell Gudani uh, replacing Logan Woodside, which that's going to be a big. 
shoulder responsibility for Mitchell to, to, to replace him. You don't have to be exactly like him, just be basically efficient. But the fact of the matter is, is that he looked, he looked awesome out there. Yeah, he looked great. I think he was maybe a little, a little nervous to the game. I think he missed a, a throw or two early, but then he was locked in the rest of the way. He was getting, you know, throwing nice ball to the, you know, the receivers, you know, Deontay Johnson did his thing with a little, Juke that kind of left the left the VMI defender going one way, and he went the other, and uh, he was gone. You know, he hit Deontay or uh, John Bay Johnson on a long pass, touchdown pass. He found Cody Thompson on a really nice uh, rollout play, and and he brings that dimension of his, his running ability. I think he only had four rushes for twenty yards, but you can really see how how quick he is when he tucks the ball and runs. So that's kind of another um, added angle that you know we didn't really see with Logan Woodside. No, no, you you didn't you didn't want Logan Woodside running the football. I mean, pretty much when Logan Logan's arm was what was best for him. I mean, I used to hold my breath when I would see Logan Woodside actually run with the ball, like just slide, just slide, or take the sack. That's how bad. Yeah. You're right. He had four yards uh, or four carries for 20 yards, and then, then talk about this though. He was 11 of 16 for 265 yards. Uh, Eli mm-hmm. Peters came in the game, had 8 of 13 of 73 yards. So that's pretty good that you don't know, have a solid backup. But here's the, mm-hmm. the, the thing that really gets me is Brian Kobach. He just came in and looked really impressive too. But they also got Art Tompkins, McCrimmon, and Seymour also in the backfield form. I mean, it's like they're pretty much loaded in almost every mm-hmm. skill position. Yeah, they even had Nick, Nick, Nicholas Sims came in and got that's uh, yardage. I think it was. I looked before, I think like six running backs had at least 20 yards in the game. So they're loaded again at that position. You know, Ronnie Jones is a converted safety. He can come in and um, McCrimmon scored a touchdown. And, and we all know what, you know, Shakif and Art can do. And then adding Kovac is, is, I think, a big lift because he was really good. He was he was finishing runs really well. He was bouncing off, off some tackles. He just looked really physical and, and really, really good running the football. So... And that's something to watch, kind of how he develops over the course of the, of the season. Yeah, and I think with him coming over from Kentucky and coming back being homegrown, that should, should really add to them. And then also the receivers. And, but this time, Cody Thompson, we got to talk about him. We're not really talking about him that's sort of on the offensive side, but he's on special teams, and he has the shortest kickoff return ever, I believe, in NCAA football history and the guy that got the the real good clip is a former WXUT uh, product uh, Zach Herrick as he was filming on the field Cody literally blocked and caught a punt at the same time and ran it in yeah it was a pretty ridiculous play he just blocked it through the line um, kind of untouched and as the punter was kicking he kind of took it right off his foot basically and it kind of ended up in his stomach right in the end zone so they were 10 deep uh, and their own territory so it was a Huge special teams play, and it was. Um, I, I know Cody talked about it. it. Was nice, just you know, making that big play after the injury is kind of the first big play since uh, returning from breaking his leg last season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the clip went viral on almost every you know sports outlet. And yeah, it was a video by Zach. Um, I know the Toledo Blade photographer Jeremy Wadsworth got a really good, really good shot of it, kind of with, the, with his arms outstretched and kind of the ball in his stomach. Um, it was, just, it was just a really cool play, and a lot of people caught it from a really cool angle, too. Yeah, it was, a, it was actually the first score of the game, a three-yard blocked punt, and basically mm-hmm. uh, punt slash return. Uh, how, how did Jameson Vest look to you? I mean, he, he was fine. He had 
Yeah, there's mostly extra points for him. Uh, I think they scored nine touchdowns, so he had nine extra points. And then um, he had a short field goal, I think, at the end. So he looked solid. He was pretty solid, solid and reliable last year, too. So coming into his senior year, I think they have kind of a luxury. They can rely on their, their kicker for the most part. <laughs> yeah, and 24,000 people were there for the home opener. That was actually pretty good considering I think Michigan was playing that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ohio State had played earlier and had a rain delay, so it kind of pushed their game. And we know how it is with Michigan and Ohio State and, and, and Notre Dame, two, three local schools here. If they're playing, sometimes it kind of affects the attendance of the, the Rockets. But to get a solid 24,000 people on a good day there in, uh, in the Glass Bowl, I think the Glass Bowl fits about 30,000. That actually was, you know, uh, pretty good. Um to talk a little bit about the defense because in years past we've talked about this where uh, you watch the defense and it's like, okay, we know that the Achilles heel in the Mac for a lot of Mac schools and for Toledo is that can the defense hold up? And I understand VMI is an FCS school, but like I said, last year they played an FCS school and they kind of struggled. But then this year, totally different. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good performance. Um, you know, like I said before, they, they got turnover. They forced Three turnovers, and you know, then Tyson Anderson made a great interception. Um, Kadar Holman caught an interception after it was kind of tipped off of VMI. Yeah, I tried to make the catch, and it kind of bounced, bounced his way. I think uh, Jordan Fisher caused the fumble, and that was recovered by Cesar uh, Skipper. Um, so they were thrilled with you know, those turnovers. They kind of lacked that turnover takeaway type thing last year, really. They, they weren't great at it. You know, taking the ball away from the opponent, so that was a good sign. Um, the secondary is really experienced, and I thought they did a really good job in, in coverage for the most part, shutting down the, you know, the passing game. Um, and the, the rush defense is pretty good. The D-line played well. They have, they have a little bit of depth in line, at linebacker now that they might have. Even with, you know, Jawan Woodley and Jack Lynch last year, they, they have a lot of depth at linebacker, I think, this year with, Jordan Fisher moving over. They have Evander Kraft, who's a junior college transfer. So they have some some options that, that they can rotate in at linebacker. I think that's kind of the case with defensive line and secondary as well. They're able to rotate a lot of guys there, which is a good time. Yeah, and like I said, the, the the defensive line looked pretty good. The offensive line. How did you think the offensive line looked to you? I thought they looked good. I mean, they protected Gudani when, when he was in there. Uh, I didn't see a ton of, you know, huge running lanes for the running backs, um, but that could, could easily change pretty soon. I mean, I think the running backs did a good job of hitting the holes that were there. and I think they can maybe improve a little bit on the run blocking, but overall I think they were solid. And they're battling some injuries too, so they, could, they were able to piece together, you know, a solid, a solid unit for this game. I got to ask you, uh, it, was a, it was a really good game, um, but how was the food in the press box? <laughs> It was good. I thought it was really good, actually. It was uh, barbecue. So. Oh, okay. Pulled pork and. Oh, the old pulled pork on the first game. You usually get the pulled pork later on in the <laughs> later on yeah. in, in the year when it gets kind of cold outside. They give the old uh, pulled pork, but yes, I, I remember many, many, many of days, uh, basically up in the um, little little booth up there. Um, yeah. Anything? I'm trying to think of anything else to ask you before we get into, I guess, the preview of the next game. They now they have a week off, which is kind of odd. I've yeah, seen, I've seen sometimes. You know, every team gets a week off, and I, I think it's only been 
this is the second time, and I believe in a five-year span, that the Rockets got an early week off. I think at the same time of Labor Day weekend where they played a game, got a week off, and they had to come back at it. And then, you know, they go through the grind through the week. Um, but, you know, that's just how the schedule fell into it. But now they play the number 22. Well, right now, the next week, it could be totally different. They play the Miami uh, Hurricanes. Uh, they're going to be bringing in the turnover chain in the glass bowl. But first, um, I think they play Savannah State is who they play. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be uh, at 6 o'clock. But they played LSU at AT&T Stadium. And uh, they didn't look too good against them as they lost 33-17. to And uh, last year, the Rockets actually played Miami pretty good for three and a half quarters. But then the heat, the heat and humidity of uh, down there in Coral Gables basically uh, kind of war on them, not to mention Miami that year has some good talent. But also, I believe Miami in their last four games is 0-4, too. So, they're kind of somewhat on the losing streak. Now, I, I don't, I'm not Nostradamus, and neither are you, and we don't have a crystal ball while we do this broadcast. But we're going to take a high guess that they're probably going to snap that losing streak and beat Savannah State and then just come in here on, at Toledo uh, at noon. Yeah, I guess they get to take their frustrations from that. You know, LSU game, I get to take those out on Savannah State. Then uh, get to head here for, you know, noon noon game uh, next Saturday with what should be a really good good crowd. So that's uh, the dangerous game, really, for any big, big you know, Power 5 school to come here to Toledo. Um, but this this is kind of stands out especially just because of, like you said, they looked a little shaky against LSU. I know LSU is a, a pretty good team, and they could – they could actually end up being a very good team. We, we don't know. So, uh, yeah, but I think this, this is a big opportunity for Toledo to look very good in their first game. But this will be at a level that's probably 10 to 20 times as tough as the, you know, one they, the challenge they had in week one. So it'll be a whole different, whole different ball game on, on next Saturday, and they'll have to, you know, raise their game to another to another level that they didn't have to show, obviously, um, in their opener. Yeah, the, and and LSU at the time was number twenty five, and Miami was number eight. It's kind of crazy because while we're taping this, the actual uh, replay of that game is going on, and it's in the second quarter, and LSU was beating them twenty to three. I think Miami got a lot of their points toward the end of the of the game when it was really much out of hand. Uh, not to mention too, uh, Joe Burrow, the former Ohio State quarterback, had transferred to LSU, and he looked okay. So um, yeah. I, Mitchell Gudani looked a little bit better, but. Once again, it was VMI, but I will say this. I mean, even though they were an FCS school, you still, by going by the eye test, you think, really, Toledo could possibly actually compete against this team. Yeah, I think they feel good about their chances, for sure. Um, it's, it's tough to kind of kind of forecast. I'd have to look into Miami a little more, you know, this week leading up to the game. But, you know, they're, they're – like. LSU could be LSU could be one you know one of the top like they have a one thing that LSU was always missing was that quarterback and they seem to have found a decent option now with Joe Burrow so this could be a team that ends up being you know a top ten team by the end of the season so I don't know if we can take too much away from a week one you know loss to a top potentially top ten team so this Miami team is still full of athletes their defense is is really fast really athletic really tough so it'll present a whole new challenge for Toledo. Yeah, and actually, uh, Rozier just threw another interception here towards the end of the second quarter. So LSU pretty much going in a half was up twenty-seven to three, 
and they ended up winning 33-17. to So that, that tells you it was a tale of two halves. But at the same time, though, Miami, I watched it, I watched this game. Miami looked bad. So and okay. if they come in in the glass bowl like that, and you know we know the Rockets can play well at the glass bowl, uh, it's 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 not going to be pretty for them. And then that could be another Power Five school on the um, list of schools that have come in here and lost. I believe the, what was it the last Power Five school that came in here was what oh, Iowa State at the time um, a few years ago that the Rockets knocked off. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember that. I remember that Pittsburgh one back in the back a few years ago now with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. That was uh, a pretty big one back in the day. Yeah, you said a few years ago. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That was way back in the day. I think that was even when Bruce might have been still playing and, and then they had the yeah. field goal incident. But Larry Fitzgerald is about to, has had an illustrious Hall of Fame career. He's toward the end of his NFL pro career. So, uh, uh, yeah, that that was, you know, we're dating ourselves here, to Brian. Uh, then next thing you know, after the Miami game, not looking ahead, then they have Nevada the next week. Um, that's another going to be another good game too. Yeah, Nevada's solid. They uh, they went on the road last year and, and picked up a good win over Nevada. Um, I did see if they won in week one. I missed that tour, but uh, yeah, that should be a, a challenge. And depending on what happens with Miami, to be uh interesting rebound game or it could be kind of a trap game a little bit if they're coming off a huge upset of Miami. So uh, that could be interesting. And then they had to Fresno State after that. And mm-hmm. Fresno State's kind of been rolling. I mean, I think two or three years ago they they came to the glass wall and they looked awful. And last last year, you know, Jeff Tedford took over and they have I think they got 10 wins last year. And they, I think they played Idaho in week one and they just blew them out. I think they scored 70 points maybe if I was looking at that right. But, um, yeah, so that'll be a challenge heading out west for that game. So, it's a good non-conference schedule. They got their, their kind of their cupcake out of the way and they have three really good really good games that will kind of um, give us a little glimpse into how good they're going to be, you know, heading into the max schedule. You call them basically the cupcake. I, I like how you call VMI that. But yeah, there was a couple of VMI fans out there, but like I said, I I thought that it maybe I guess maybe I kinda underestimated the Rockets and overestimated VMI. I thought it'd be a little bit of a contest. I knew the Rockets would possibly win, but uh yeah. you know, that's basically uh uh you know, here and there. But like I said, impressive victory by a Rockets, sixty six to three. Um you also can check them out on WXUT. Um as uh, Isaac and the boys will be broadcasting the game. But next week this week, no games. Next week that's when the U come in. And they always had that good. You ever watch the documentaries of the U? I haven't. No, I was trying to watch. It. I haven't gotten to it yet. But. Wow, Brian, looks like you're gonna be doing a lot of homework this week. <laughs> this weekend, catching <laughs> up on uh, the U. What you got planned uh, coming up? I know there's, there were some changes at the Blade. Don't you cover more Mud Hens action, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So this week, I've been kind of doing some Mud Hens features, and went to the game on Wednesday. Uh, Mark Monroe covered it on. Uh, Thursday, uh, the loss yesterday, um, mm-hmm. Thursday. Um, so now they're headed to Durham, so we won't. We're not going to Durham with the, with the team or on our own to cover that. But um, yeah, John Wagner retired. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with John. I would mm-hmm. think, but um, well, he he yeah, covered he, he covered that other team, that team from down. He did, yeah, yeah. down south, and and uh, he also covered the Mudhead, so that's where that kind of comes in. So I think Nick. Nick Petrovich, who used to cover UT, will be covering BG now. Um, 
and Kyle Rowland will kind of be a Big Ten reporter covering Ohio State and Michigan. So um, we're a little kind of short-staffed on the, on the college beats right now, but um, we're kind of making it work. Wow, that's actually kind of crazy for Nick because Nick used to obviously cover the Rockets before you, and he used to come on weekly like you on the show. And then he was down there in the Ohio State gig, and obviously with the Urban Meyer stuff, he was really on top of it, and he did really well with Ohio State. Now, and Kyle Rowland was doing more of the Michigan stuff. Uh, he was. How is uh, Nick now is going to – I think it would be kind of weird for Nick. You go from covering the Rockets to Ohio State now to the, the, the other side of the rivalry with Bowling Green. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little bit of a taste of everything, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would probably get less of a drive than when he'd have to drive to Columbus every week or every, you know, a couple times every week at least. So, I'm sure he enjoys the 20-minute or so, 25-minute trip to BG a little more than the, the Columbus trip. But, um, yeah, he did, a, he did a great job of covering Ohio State and, They'll do a good job of covering BG, too. So. Well, I think, though, it's kind of worth the drive. I do know it takes about basically two hours to get down there to Ohio yeah. State. But then again, the traffic in Columbus is putrid and horrid. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, it take a, maybe two, hour, two and a half, maybe, maybe two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half. I'll be making that journey down there later on this month for the uh, Ohio High School Basketball Coaches Clinic. Um, but okay. you, but you're right. 20 minutes to BG is a lot better than probably driving two hours to go to Ohio State. But then again, though, you get to meet all the celebrities and the big media down there too. So I guess there's pluses and minuses what comes with it. But I probably right. would take the the shorter drive to Bowling Green and you get more time. And I bet you the deadline is a little bit better too. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean Ohio State plays a nice night game, so almost every big game they, they play in. So it's, it's one of those afternoon games. He'll have to get used to matching again, get that, that midweek game. So I'm sure he'll uh, enjoy that. But, uh. Speaking of which, I don't know if you heard, they they did the matching for exposure mm-hmm. for the Mac. The rumor mm-hmm. is, and, and I don't know how much true it is, that it looks like they might be putting matching on ESPN Plus. Now, if you're familiar with ESPN Plus, that's what you have to subscribe to. It's like a four ninety nine a month. It, it, yeah. And to me, I think ESPN is kind of screwing the pooch with the, with the Mac. If you're just going to put it on ESPN Plus, you're not getting it even on ESPNU or ESPN Two or ESPN Three. I mean, it was easily accessible to watch Mac games. Now you're going to put these games. On that are really no fans really go to anyway on the exclusive content and really let's let's be honest, how many people are gonna you know pay a little bit of extra money to see some action? I mean, mostly the people that only went to the school and maybe a little bit in the, the small radius, but I don't think it really yeah. garners that much to pay a little extra money to see your Mac. I mean, I'm a Toledo fan and I would love to see Toledo play, but if I don't have the funds to pay a little bit extra money to get the extra ESPN Plus, I'm not gonna watch the game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I think Nick did an article on it too. So, um, but yeah, it, um, like you said, if the, if the idea was to get exposure with the ESPN contract, this kind of goes right, you know, against against that kind of line of thinking. Because, like you said, who is going to pony up the? I know it's not a ridiculous price for it. I mean, a month, but it's an added expense that people are probably a lot of people aren't going to want to pay and. I know you see that with the news all the time. You know, um, newspapers 
going behind a paywall and it's kind of um, mixed as to if people, you know, if that really works out with people actually, you know, paying for content. So it used to be great when it was on the ESPN3, you know, you just go on your computer, pull it up. Um, I know for Toledo basketball, that was huge because almost every game was on the ESPN3. Mm-hmm. When, when they're on the road out, you know, in some tournament or way out somewhere, you know, you could pull it up on a computer and watch the game, which was really nice. But, you know, I might have to splurge for ESPN Plus now to cover these games. Yeah, I, I just can't. I mean, especially that's the reason why people are pulling the plug on cable because it's always like this added fee. Or if you want this, you got to pay an extra fee, and it's just like, what's up with all right. the fees? You know, I yeah. just want to watch the good the content. Right. So yeah, that, that, right. that's 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 the crazy part about it. But once again, uh, Nick or not Nick, once again, uh, Brian, it's 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 been a long morning, a long, long morning of morning workouts and stuff. As a, as most people, I don't know if most people, but I told you, but most people do know now that I'm the JV head basketball coach over at Maumee High School. So, um, okay, you were supposed I was we were supposed to talk last week, but we ended up as a give a little applause for myself. Um, we were supposed to talk last week. I got too busy and I hit you up late. We wanted to do a quick preview of VMI. We didn't get to do that, but then in in the long run, it looked better because really. VMI look like a, a CYL football team, so you know it wasn't really worth it. But like I said, it's been a really long morning. But Brian, I'm glad that you called in, and you're always giving us great content on our show. All right, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Um, congrats on uh, coaching those uh, over at Maumee. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, thanks. It'll it'll be it'll be it's a new challenge, but uh, actually fun challenge. Yeah, that should be that should be exciting. Um, it's good basketball, you know, JV level. Uh, It'll be, it'll be fun. I, I you know, remember playing JV myself. So. Oh, really? Really, Brian? Yeah, Where did yeah. you play at? Uh, Ottawa Hills. Uh. Ottawa Hills? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Brian can get buckets like Kyrie Irving. I didn't know that. <laughs> we finally learned. <laughs> Were you like the Bucky the Bucket getter or what? I mean. <laughs> Bucky the Bucket, yeah. No, no, no nickname like that or anything, but. Oh, he, he had this straight game. He would, now, what was your specialty? Were you the rebounding machine or were you the three-point specialist? No, I was more three-point than rebounding. Oh, wow. So he could shoot it from deep. Um, was, was the same coach there when you were there? Is it Lindsay? I believe, is the head coach there? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's still there. So he's, been, he's been there for a long time, yeah. Wow, that, that you know that's crazy. Now you, I do know this. Paul Helgren's son, I think he's a senior. He plays for him. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, I think he played baseball as well. Um, oh. He's a good catcher. Oh, wow. Nice. But yeah. we just learned something new about Brian Bucky as he just let us know that he could get buckets out there <laughs> on the basketball court. Man, Brian, once again, we're going to have to give you this, a little bit of a round of applause for that little bit of a tidbit. But uh, thanks again for calling in, man. All right, thanks, Doc. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. All right see ya. That was Brian Bucky, Bucky the Buckets Getter. In there, basically uh, telling us about uh, his basketball, a little bit about his basketball career, but mostly um, he uh, talks about Rocket football here on eighty-eight point three WHT. But as we give you a recap and basically a preview of the upcoming games for basketball and football uh, each weekend, the Rockets beat VMI sixty-six three. They got a week off this week, so we kind of did a recap because we didn't give you a preview last week, and then next week. We talk about um, the U coming in 
to uh, University of Toledo, bringing it over in the turnover chain. And hopefully the Rockets can throttle them like LSU throttled Miami last week. Or, hey, it'd be even impressive if the Rockets could throttle them like they did VMI. But I'm expecting a little bit of a closer game. And uh, make sure you come check them out. It's at noon in the glass. Well, if you can't check them out, make sure you turn on WXUT 88.3. And let's do our sports department uh, bring you the game. Coming up next, more after further review here on 88.3 WXUT. And make sure you check out our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WXUT after further review on Sound, uh, SoundCloud and just after further review on iTunes. As I mentioned before, more WXUT's 88.3 coming up next.